Hello and welcome to the Fearless Man Podcast. This is a show where we talk about everything that God wants us to remember to do as a husband, a father, a friend, a leader, and even a chef in the kitchen. Don't miss it. Share with your friends and I'll see you on the podcast. This is your host, Andy Falco Jimenez. Hello, my friends. This is Andy Falco Jimenez coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California for our first Fearless Man podcast, our Fearless Man show uh, for 2023. I'm excited to be here. Uh, We're going to be continuing in this great book that I've been reading uh, reading through and I guess reading in uh, (laughs) over the last couple of weeks, several weeks, several months, actually. It's called Take It Back. It's by Dr. Uh, Tim Clinton and uh, Max Davis. It's a it's an awesome book. It's, it's an easy read. And um, today's uh, message, I think, is relevant for a lot of reasons. Uh, it has to do with uh, taking back what the enemy has stole. And it brings up a story about Nehemiah and his building of the wall, finally, around the great temple that they built in Israel uh, after hundreds of years of um, uh, building the temple, but not building the wall. And, uh, you know, over the years, without a wall to protect this great temple and this great land, uh, the enemy uh, kept coming in and, and, and causing chaos and destruction and the uh, corruption that kept them from building the wall. Sound familiar? <laughs> and so uh, with what we're learning that's happening uh, here in the United States and the southern border, the southern wall that never got completed, it's a very similar thing. Right? We have hundreds of thousands and millions of people uh, that we don't know their background. We don't know if they're criminals. We don't, we, we know some are terrorists. We know uh, many of them are criminals, criminals. Uh, We know that there's a lot of fentanyl, a lot of other things coming across our border. And so this aspect of the story is, is obviously relevant to what's happening here in the United States. And the reason for not building the wall is again, corruption. Uh, And there's people making money uh, from the wall, not being built. So what does that have to do with a fearless man? Well, there's a much that I'm going to read you in this chapter. The chapter is actually titled, it's chapter 15, it's tight, uh, entitled Real Men Bring Comfort to Broken Situations. And so in relationship to this story, um, there are some aspects that um, uh, Dr. Clinton brings up that I think are really important for us as men to remember that when we have our you know, our temple, which is our our home or our family, that we need to do as much as possible to protect it. Uh, uh, very similarly, uh, protecting a, uh, you know, a land, a land mass or a temple with those things that are needed to protect it, which in this case, the example is a wall. And uh, our wall uh, would be, you know, uh, anything that causes destruction in the household. Uh, you know, alcohol, uh, excessive alcohol, excessive gambling, um, you know, um, not guarding your eyes from things that uh, will cause um, turmoil in your marriage um, and and so on and so forth. Those kinds of walls uh, need to be erected, even though they're not physical walls, they are the things that are necessary to protect those things that are dear to you. And, uh, and so I'm going to go ahead and again, uh, read from this book. Now I'm not guaranteeing that every podcast will be me reading from a book, but it just, this book is so good. I really hate to, to put it down. Oh, I was going to share you some other books that, uh, 
uh, I'm going to bring to your attention that I think so far what I'm looking at is a book called uh, How Children Fail. Uh, and this is by John Holt. Um, so far, I've just glanced through and I've not had a chance to sit down because I'm still in this book and another book. This other book is called 48 Liberal Lies About American History. And this is a, a, an awesome book. Very, very good book. Um, and so you're going to want to pick up a couple of those maybe. But again, what we're in right now is Take It Back um, by Dr. Uh, Tim Clinton. So let me, let me go ahead and read uh, a good portion of this particular chapter. It's chapter 15 that's titled Real Men Bring Comfort to broken situations. Real men bring comfort to broken situations. Uh, the quote at the top is from Tony Dungy, who is a, a, a great uh, uh, football coach. Uh, I believe it was the um, the Colts that he, um, it was at least one of the teams. I'm not sure how many teams he actually coached, but I know the Colts was one of them. But uh, this quote from him says, God's definition definition of success is really one of significance. The significant difference our lives can make in the lives of others. This significance doesn't show up in win-loss records, long resumes, or the trophies gathering dust on the mantles. It's found in our hearts and lives of those we've come across who are in some way better because of the way we lived. Somehow because of the way we lived. Just a, an amazing quote. I love that. So the chapter begins um, and it says, when the enemy has stolen something, stolen from you you must rise up and take it back just as david and his band of men took it back they recovered everything yet part of taking it back is taking time to rebuild what has been broken down both personally and relationally and that requires taking action stephen mansfield wrote ultimately you only know who a man is and what he believes by what he does not by what he sits around talking about that's so true. Not by what he says he feels. It's only what he acts, only when he acts, when he does something that we start to know what he is. Action is character. Manhood is character. So I'm going to stop on that paragraph right now and just explain. If you remember uh, back in previous episodes uh, in the book, they were talking about David, how he and his men went off to fight a battle. Uh, leaving no protection for um, the the uh, families uh, that they left behind in their village. And while they were gone, the enemy uh, came in and, and took everything, took the people, took the kids, took the wives, uh, and took um, the, all the, um, the valuables from the village and uh, fled. So when David and his men returned, they found that the village was in uh, complete... Uh, destruction and everything was gone, including the, the women and children. And so they had to go and rescue them. And so that's how this uh, particular episode starts. So this particular chapter starts is that it, it talks about the David and his band of men took it back. They had, they had to go then take it back and they got everything back only after David had repented and asked for uh, God's help because prior to leaving, he did not ask for God's help. He forgot that one that one little detail. And because of that little detail, he lost everything. But then the lesson is that, well, David then learned that uh, he needed to ask for forgiveness, not only from God, but from his men. And then he asked God for guidance and asked God to protect them and to help them get everything back. And God, uh, of course, did so. So that's how that starts. And then later on in this particular paragraph, it talks about our actions are what is what um, you know, people will remember it's not all the talk uh, that we uh, can sometimes do, 
but it is our action is our character and manhood is in fact action it's just not talking so it goes on in the next paragraph it says when it comes to the subject of rebuilding we must be sure not to overlook nehemiah he is critical to our understanding of biblical manhood a man who rose up in the face of opposition and dared to take action nehemiah took it back by leading the rebuilding of jerusalem's broken down and crumbling walls God then used him as a mouthpiece to call the people of Israel to national repentance after disobeying God's laws yet again, <laughs> yet again. He also brought great comfort. Did you know that the name Nehemiah in the Hebrew means Jehovah comforts? I did not know that until I read this. By taking action to instigate the rebuilding of the wall and then making sure it got done, also really important, Nehemiah brought comfort to the people. Without walls, the people were vulnerable and afraid. They lived in the constant fear of being attacked. The walls brought certainty and protection, security and comfort. In addition to overseeing the building of the wall and leading the people in national repentance, again, an important detail, the repentance part, it's just not building the wall, but national repentance, Nehemiah cared for the least among the people. He cared for the oppressed, the helpless, the enslaved, and the poor. He fed the hungry, redeemed the slaves, and stood up for the weak. There are things, these are real things a man does. Real things a man does. Now, I just want to stop on that particular part because, you know, we, we, we can look at the action of caring for the needy, caring for the weak and the vulnerable. But I, I think what will come up later, if it doesn't, I think it's important to talk about that we need to take care of ourselves first, right? We need to take care of who we are, our faith in God, our, our strength that comes from God, our, um, our obedience to God and, and asking for repentance and forgiveness. First, it's almost like being on a plane that they tell you to say, you know, before you put the oxygen on your children, or the elderly who can't do so that you need to put on your face first because if you don't take care of yourself first you will not survive to take care of those that are vulnerable uh, if we're strong enough to be able to reach up grab the oxygen mask and put it on and take care of it we are now taken care of and now we can take care of those that can't take care of themselves and and, and it's so important to understand that i think that not only does it talk about that a man must also take action after repentance after taking care of the wall after making sure things are secure then it's time to now take care of the vulnerable the the problem here in the united states for instance as we can see is that we have record homelessness in san francisco in seattle and in, in portland and los angeles in um, chicago baltimore new york i mean we could just go on with any blue state you can mention you can say that they have a homeless problem uh, we also have a drug addiction problem. We all have a, a mental illness problem. We have all these issues where our, um, you know, the the programs that would be there to feed and, and house and, and to provide, you know, clothing for it, it was already struggling, even though the government puts billions of dollars in it. Again, we won't get as well and probably will get into the corruption aspect of it. But that money doesn't go to help necessarily the homeless. It goes in the pockets of the people that run the organizations 
uh, and a little trickle of it may get out to uh, take care of some of the, the people that need it. But understanding that, that when we don't take care of, you know, the organization first to make sure that it has the ability to take care of the weak, then what we have is, is nothing, nothing happens. Uh, when we, when we only build half of the wall and it doesn't keep uh, people from other com countries out uh, that um, are coming here illegally, we're only adding to the, the, the problem that we already have here. That doesn't mean that we don't care. It doesn't mean that we're, we won't take care of them because we do often take care of the weak and the, and the helpless of other countries, but we go there to take care of them. We don't necessarily need to add to what it is we already have here. We already have a problem here. So we got to be careful about what it is that we're doing in relationship to say, well, let's, we, there's so many people that need help. Let's just let them all in. Well, wait, we have a, a huge problem here now. <laughs> let's, we haven't even taken care of that problem now. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's getting worse on a day-to-day -day basis. Why would we now add the people that are struggling in other countries to now come here and add, as we know is happening in New York and Chicago and other places in the country where now they're going, wait a minute. This is this is a tragedy now that we have. We didn't we didn't have enough to begin with, and now here we are trying to take care of other countries, weak and um, helpless people, when we can actually go there and do it ourselves. All right. So as uh, uh, we go on here, there's a little bit history lesson. I think this is important to read through. Not all of it, but I'll read through a a good. Well, actually, I might read through all of it because it's really good. I think this history lesson is is awesome. Uh, it says, um, the time was around uh, 445 BC, 445 BC, and Jerusalem had been had seen better times. Some 500 years earlier, Solomon had finally built the holy temple to David's and Torah's specific guidelines. For several and the Torah's specific guidelines for several centuries, though there were enemies on every side, Jerusalem and the temple stood strong. Then in 587 BC, a bloody siege by Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar left the city and the temple reduced to rubble. Once again, the Israelites were scattered and forced into captivity. While God's beloved Jerusalem lay completely in ruins, the temple, the houses, the gates, and the walls. About a generation later, however, the Babylonian empire fell to Cyrus, the great king of Persia. Putting the exiled Jews under Persian rule was just one year later. Cyrus made an unprecedented move. Just as Isaiah had prophesied over a century earlier, Cyrus suddenly released the Israelites, allowing them to return home from their exile in Babylon for the purpose of rebuilding God's temple. Get this. Cyrus of Persia, a pagan king, announced, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. And he has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Ju Judah. Who says God doesn't use pagans to promote his agenda? The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Cyrus made a pronouncement allowing any willing Israelites to return to their homeland and rebuild the temple. He urged their neighbors and those Jews who chose not to return to help finance the mission with gold, silver, livestock, and more. This was unheard of. Over 40,000 Israelites took the miraculous offer and headed home. 
some including the priests and Levites, settled in and around Jerusalem, while others returned to their original homes in Judah. This was a significant number, yet it was only a tiny remnant. So, so awesome. Uh, A tiny remnant of the entire scattered Jewish population. Most of the Jews chose not to return, but to remain in Babylon because they were established and living comfortably. See, they were, they were a little too comfor- comfortable. They didn't, they didn't want to go there and, uh, and leave that comfort. But uh, a remnant did. The remnant that did return, however, rolled up their sleeves and took on the challenge of rebuilding the temple under Cyrus' authority. God always has a remnant willing to do whatever it takes. Still, rebuilding was no small feat. And because of constant opposition, it took 22 years and two more kings. At last, when the temple was finished, a lavish celebration took place. There were feasts, dancing, and sacrifices. From that point on, most of the Israelites still living in Babylon and and Persia acknowledged Jerusalem as God's holy city. They faithfully paid their annual taxes to the temple, and whenever possible, they made pilgrimages to Jerusalem to celebrate the holy days and feasts. So... God uses remnants, remnants of people. And he talks about uh, in the book here that God uh, often finds remnant people, a remnant of people to to carry on, to go forth, to to begin to change things. And we found that during the pandemic, there was a remnant of pastors who kept open their church, regardless of what the government was telling them to do, which caused, I think, in many areas, including Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills in Chino Hills, um, a uh, a revival uh, in that particular area and in our area here in the Orange County, Riverside, Los Angeles County areas where it, it touches each other here, where we saw a an explosion of, of attendees at that particular church, where at other churches, they either have uh, reduced down to still numbers that are very low, maybe a fraction of what they had before. And some churches have even closed their doors. Um, one is the vineyard right down the street here on La Palma. It, it ended up closing its doors. I'm not sure how much of that was related to COVID, but it's just one of those churches that was there. And now suddenly it's no longer there. Now it's something else, a different kind of church. I'm not, I forget what it's called, but it's no longer the vineyard, which was a very popular uh, church, big, big church. Um, but a remnant of pastors decided, you know what? No, we're not meant to close our doors. We're meant to stay open. We are not uh, non-essential, as the governor here, uh, uh, Gavin Newsom, wanted to say that churches were, that they were non-essential. And pastor says, no, we are essential and we're going to open up regardless of what happens. And they stayed open and um, and they uh, proved to be um, a, a force uh, coming out of uh, uh, the pandemic. The one thing with the rebuilding of that particular temple, uh, there was a huge oversight. And uh, the book goes on and says, so does all this talk about a city and an ancient temple thousands of years ago relate to masculinity and men in the U.S. taking it back? Yes, it relates significantly. The people rebuilt the temple, but they didn't rebuild the walls to protect what they had built. Think about that for a minute. It's commendable that the Israelites returned to Jerusalem and focused on rebuilding the temple Clearly, it was God's favor that allowed them to accomplish this great task. Maybe they assumed that with God making provision for them, they didn't need something as practical as a wall. Big mistake. Uh, 
Can you picture in your mind the massive and grand celebration going on for the rebuilt temple while the walls continue to crumble around them? It seems irrational and hard for us to imagine. Nevertheless, it was true. While the temple had been built and looked great, the walls protecting the city and protecting the temple were broken down and the eight crucial wooden gates remained burned. Now I'm going to stop there and you guys, again, you can get the book. Uh, again, this the book that I'm reading from is called Take It Back. Why didn't that change? Hold on. There we go. Take it back. <laughs> the book is called Take It Back, and you can get the book. I'm going to read one more paragraph before we leave here, but um, I just want to stop there for one minute. Is that you? You can see that as this, um, as the authors take you away from that period of time in our in our history, that it, it comes to a place where um, it, the uh, importance of the walls is also an example of we 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 have that we've had this opportunity this resurgence of faith between uh believers here in the orange county la county riverside area san bernardino county area with relationship to just simply the church there at calvary chapel chino hills where it causes people to come back to god um uh, pastor jack hibbs is a, a a great man of god who who teaches from the bible and we, and I've learned so much since I've been going to the church. It's been about two years, a little over two years that I've been uh, attending the church and have learned more in the two years than I did in the 20 something previous years at a different church that I attended. That I, um, I'm hearing things that seemingly for the first time, as much as I have read through many of the, uh, you know, uh, books of the, of the Bible and, and repeatedly heard messages of the same books, I'm now hearing the, and reading the verses and hearing uh, uh, pastors talk about the uh, particular uh, chapters and verses, but it's almost like I'm hearing them for the very first time because they now um, are alive and and speak to me. And um, because now I have the ears to hear and the eyes to see, they all now make sense. It all now is very clear to me what God is trying to, to teach us, trying to tell us and trying to tell me in particular. And so in relationship to this, you know, building this temple or uh, building this relationship with God, but not protecting your temple, yourself, your family, um, your um, prayer group or your church, um, it will all come crumbling down because just being in the word, you know, temporarily, but not putting it into play or, or, or building um, the security of, from your faith around you so that it protects you from the enemy. It's all for naught because it, it, there was this period of time in the 25 years that I went to this, this church that, you know, it's a good church and good people, good friends, made lots of friends, good programs, good Bible studies, good men groups, good barbecues. Good, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, retreats, like I said, were retreats where men would go and couples would go and good things came out of it, but nothing really stuck. There was no, there was no building upon one brick upon another to build a wall of protection around me and my family. At the time, it was just, it was, it was, I did nothing. It, it, at best, at times it was paper mache. <laughs> but even that, I mean, it was barely that, you know, you go to church, you listen to a message and you go, wow, that sounded great. You get in your car and then you start fighting with your spouse immediately or your kids immediately before you even leave the church parking lot. And that, and that obviously is not building any wall of protection. That is a, a crumbling wall with burning gates. 
that protects you from nothing does not protect you from the devil and the, uh, the influences of the devil devil on your life as you go through and head through the week. It, it, it's a crumbling wall, uh, that will not stop anything, uh, from, uh, the attack from the enemy whatsoever. And so I really like this, this story. I like, I like the reminder that, that you, you, you build this faith, you build this relationship with God, but it doesn't just stop there. It, it continues where you become the the, uh, the 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 priest and the disciple to your family as men. Um, you pray before meals. You talk about God. You remind the children that God loves them and that you love them, and you know remind them of what it is that's important for them to know and to take uh, you know take out with them into the world to remind them that they need to also protect their eyes. They need to also protect their mouths and what comes out of it and what it is they're listening to. So their eyes, their ears, and their mouth uh, need to honor God uh, and to not give up. You know, many parents give up. They just say, oh man, you know, they're going to hear that anyway. They're going to watch that stuff anyway. You know, we watched it before. So why should I stop doing it now? No, no, just like us. You know, my wife and I, we uh, both like to have a, a glass of wine from time to time. I was getting into a little bit of whiskey that I really liked, trying the different whiskeys that were out there and that kind of stuff. But, and that all seemed fine. But the problem is, is that it can create problems. As you begin to get too used to, to maybe just drinking on Fridays and Saturday nights, perhaps. But you go, you know what? It's Sunday. We could have a, a Bloody Mary. You know, it's, you know, it's a Tuesday. And, you know, all the people that are, you know, of our friends, they're, they're you know, having a, a couple glasses of wine. And then it becomes a bigger and bigger issue. And now your children see you um, partaking. Uh, it makes its way into the home. And you can see now that that wall of protection that you had um, is now no longer there. It, it's diminished. It's minimized. Again, it's a paper mache wall, perhaps, um, or it's, there's no wall at all. And so now your children seeing you see you as an example, and it begins to all crumble down. And so that using that as an example, it's again, the speech, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, my kids on me all the time about that. I say, you can't say these words here. You can't, you know, um, your friends, when they come into the house, they can't say those words. Uh, we have things on television that I say, you know what, in our home, you, you can't watch those things. And I don't, and I don't want you to. Um, and, you know, well, we used to watch that. Or remember when you played at that? Okay, we did. Just like we used to have alcohol in the house. We no longer have alcohol in the house. Yeah, we did watch that. And it, and it was uh, a movie that we laughed at and thought it was, you know, okay at the time. But I'm telling you now, we have built a wall. We're building a wall of protection. We can't keep building the wall and then knocking it down in the in the uh, you know in the idea that because we did it at one point or because other people doing that now it's okay. Listen to all the stories in the in the Bible. It all did become well, you know, these other uh, uh, you know group of people they're they're honoring a God. It's okay, you know, let them honor that God, and you know if they want to come on our house and honor that God, we'll let them do that too. You know what? That God's not so bad. That God actually seems kind of nice. And you see how this wall that was really big at one point has now been diminished and diminished and diminished to when, when, where now your kids are seeing you. Well, you know, they're saying it's okay for, you know, uh, this God to be brought into our home. And so, you know what? I'm going to start looking to that God. Maybe that God, maybe the, maybe those friends are right. Maybe that God is some 
thing or, you know, somebody, I guess, that can be trusted. And, you know, we're going to start looking at that little G God, whether it's alcohol or, um, you know, certain types of music that talks about sexuality on a constant basis or the, the movies like we were watching this whole series, which has nudity and um, nonsense that, uh, you know, their family seems to think it's okay. So it must be okay. No, all my family says it's not okay. <laughs> and we must teach our kids to protect their eyes and to just shy away from those things because they are not healthy. It is not good. It, God, despises those kinds of things. And so we're going to say that, you know, that's not allowed here in our home. Um, and so again, that's building that wall or building that wall of protection. Um, in spite of the world, the world can come barreling through those walls that you build up, but we're going to constantly be building back up those walls and making them stronger and stronger through our faith. And as a man, we need to lead that. If a man of the house, the father, uh, the husband, is the weakest link in in protecting that wall or making sure it's staying strong, then the wall is going to fall. It's just simply going to fall. God has asked men to be masculine, strong men, leaders for their families, and to make sure that that wall stays strong. Uh, we know through the studies, and I've read you other studies, not only in this book, but in other studies, that when there is no father present, um, the children often fall. They end up in prison and juvenile hall. Um, uh, their uh, daughters end up pregnant uh, at an early age, um, promiscuous at an early age uh, when when fathers are not present. Uh, we we know this. It, 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 uh, the studies are very clear and they've been around for a very, very long time. Most men in prison that are, are Ill, illiterate uh, came from a fatherless home. We know this and we know that that is a problem. And so we, as men, need to be the strongest of them all in order to make sure that our family uh, doesn't um, fall victim to a weak wall around the temple, otherwise known as the home. So I'm going to skip ahead to the last paragraph in this particular chapter uh, and um, read what um, Dr. Clinton, and I always forget Max. Max also is a co-author on this book. But uh, Dr. Clinton and Max says, when we allow into our lives and families a culture's ungodly ideology and things that God has told us clearly to drive out, movies with sexuality, um, uh, uh, songs and, and, and lyrics that um, uh, disparage women, um, that uh, constantly use words um, that are um, just words that should not be said on a, on a over and over basis to where they're hearing them and they become normalized um, uh, and so on and so forth. This is what I was talking about earlier. When we allow into our lives and families a culture of ungodly ideology and things that God has told us clearly to drive out. We are clear to drive it out. Again, I get pushed back all the time from trying to drive it out. No, that's all right. Just play a little couple. What's it going to hurt to play a couple songs? <laughs> Dad, you know, my friends listen to that music. I know, but we're going to, but God has told us to clearly drive it out. And I drive it out. I get pushed back. I drive it out. I get pushed back. That is so, so what? Don't give up. Men give up all the time. You can't give up. You just continue on and say, no, I, I, today I was, I was confronted with uh, my daughter who wanted me to pick up a friend of hers. And, um, you know, she has this uh, way of just working on me over and over and over again. Come on, dad, her, her parents or, you know, and, and I, I said, I'm not, their parents need to step up. And, and today I had to actually take a stand and said, listen, where is her dad? 
where is this friend of yours dad why is it i'm the one picking her up why is why am i the one uh running to find out where she went in a park um when she shouldn't have been off in a park why why where is where are her parents and i said i need to tell her do you have her her dad take her to the movie theater you need to have her dad pick her up from the movie theater and it's not that i'm trying to push off something and sometimes we also there to show an example but not not we're not a replacement for her dad she has a dad where is the dad and we need to make sure that the dad steps up so sorry i went on a whole rant there but when we allow uh, into our lives and families a culture ungodly ideology and things that god has told us clearly to drive out the accompanying consequences will pop up and bite us when we are least expecting it often to our own peril the broken down walls of jerusalem were a symbol of the failures hurt and disobedience of israel Yet Nehemiah showed up and led a revolution to rebuild from the ruins. We, men, like Nehemiah, can let God lead us to rebuild from the chaos and shame of our past and broken down situations. I forgot it said this. It's exactly what I'm talking about. You can't allow people, including your children or spouse or um, uh, other family members, to now say, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing trying to be this Christian man? I remember when you X, Y, Z, I remember going with you to do A, B, and C, whatever those things are, is that regardless of our past, regardless of our background, that now the wall has been built. We have taken a stand. We built the temple. We now have built this wall. And now this is the new Israel. This is the new um, uh, um, culture that we are going to create in our home, regardless of what our past was. And in spite of what other people say about us and, and, and try to bring it down. Uh, and um, uh, our, our, our past failures, hurt and disobedience. Nehemiah showed up and led a revolution to rebuild the ruins. We like Nehemiah can let God lead us to rebuild from the chaos and shame of our past and broken down situations. The Holy Spirit will empower and comfort us as we bring comfort and protection to those entrusted to us, those entrusted to us, our wife and our children. Rebuilding broken walls does that. The Holy Spirit sent Nehemiah to rebuild and bring comfort. You sent your good spirit to instruct them. And you did not, and you did not stop giving them manna from heaven or water for their thirst. Anchored by the word of God, let the Holy Spirit send you, you, <laughs> and you. All right. Um, I'm just going to read here uh, the discussion questions um, that they, they bring up here. Uh, hold on. Let me fix my book so it's not flopping around. All right. Um, what rebuilding? Oh, my stepdaughter is calling. I got to answer that uh, as soon as we get off here. You can see it on my screen there. <laughs> What rebuilding is needed for you to take back what the enemy has stolen. This is a discussion question. What rebuilding is needed for you to take back what the enemy has stolen? So what is it you need to rebuild? Let me go back to my logo here. There we go. Do not. So uh, that's a question for you. Write that down. What rebuilding is needed for you to take back what the enemy has stolen? The next one is do not despair. God has a remnant willing to do what it takes. Are you in the remnant category? Explain. I'll read it one more time. 
Do not despair. God has a remnant willing to do what it takes. Are you in the remnant category? Are you one of the are you one of the pastors that decided not to close their doors during the pandemic? Are you one of the missionaries that goes off to a country where other people do not have the guts to go to to preach the word of God? Are you one of those remnant? Um, uh, are you in that category? Explain. Um, I mean, the, the remnant could, could also be in your house. You could have a, a house of chaos. Uh, and again, it could be, you know, it, it, you know, earlier in your um, life as a father and a, and, a, and a husband, you were not present. You were not following God's word. You were not um, being an example of what a godly man should be. And so there's now chaos around you. Your, your kids are a little bit, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, participating in, in maybe narcotics or they're, they're, they're not getting their schoolwork done or what have you, whatever it is uh, that's happening. But where is God leading you to rebuild from that chaos and the shame of your past? What, what can you do now? It's, it's, it's never too late. It's never too late to get back and to rebuild from the chaos and the shame of your past. You can do that. So where is God leading you? That is the question. Where is God leading you to rebuild from the chaos and shame of your past? Um, the next part here after the questions is um, sort of the word, which sa says comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. That's Isaiah 41. And then to pray about it, pray for the Holy Spirit to instruct you on how to rebuild and bring comfort. Awesome. All right, I love this chapter. It actually is one of my favorites. I'm so glad we could start off 2023 uh, with this particular uh, message from um, uh, Dr. Tim Clinton and Max Davis in this book, Take It Back. And um, I hope that um, you've gotten something out of it. And uh, please share uh, this message with other men and even some women. You know, I know I have women uh, watch from time to time. Nobody commented today. I didn't ask for people to comment, but if you're still on, uh, feel free to comment and let me know you're watching, where you're watching from, and uh, let me know what your thoughts are. Um, again, uh, I, I didn't plan on reading an entire book. I haven't read the entire book, but a, a good portion of it, but it's just been so good. It's been a really great uh, addition to uh, these particular podcast episodes. And uh, I've been really enjoying bringing them to you. So I hope that you're getting the same out of them. Uh, but I would encourage you to buy the book. Again, the book is uh, Take It Back. And uh, just go ahead and order that on whatever, wherever you buy books. I'm sure you can find it. It just so happens I bought this from the website uh, for Take It Back. And it's autographed by the author. Um, all right, my friends. So again, uh, make sure and uh, comment. If you're watching a replay, let me know what you thought about the story and uh, how it is that you may be uh, able to take back your life and build that wall of protection around your family. Uh, so just let me know if that if, if this um, hit a chord with you. That'd be awesome. All right, my friends, take care. We'll talk to you later. God bless.